0: Welcome to the Dixie Polis Podcast. My name is Lucas. And I'm Travis. We're Southern men, de the South. Well, everybody, we have a new guest today, and he is a friend of mine uh, from North Carolina. Uh, Nick, uh, introduce yourself. Talk about, talk about why you're on here.
1: Hey yeah, um thanks for having me on guys. And yeah, so we're we're talking because we're, we're talking about the business effort that we're putting together that or just kind of a, a community building slash business effort and church melding uh, that we're working on um here. And the uh the the focus the the focus of it is um serving the lord um the, or the chief end of our of our entire endeavor um started before the actual you know, business specifics came out and um it is to proclaim christ with our work and word teach our families to work with each other and to and to um provide kingdom focused employment uh and business ownership opportunities and that is um that's really the focus of what we're doing and so we're we're just we're striving to make that work uh in and kind of experiment and push through all the the newness of that because at every point we we're basically taking all the paradigms that have been handed to us by a secular worldview in the business world and having to turn them on their head or to like specifically point their nose, point everything to Christ and you find it everywhere and so that's that's basically in a nutshell what we're doing is trying to devote every part. Of business and interacting with the the local the local community through trade in towards christ
0: so the the two two things I wanted to bring up here just real quick and we'll we'll get get back to a a little bit of an exposition of that but do you remember the first thing I told you when you brought up the <laughs> when you <laughs> when you read to me the the contract for employment? and your stated business goals and everything. I don't know if you remember this or not. No,
1: I, well, there, we've had a number of conversations, but I, am trying to remember. I, I'm not, I'm going to I'm going to have it wrong. We've but no, I don't so remember. So my,
0: my first comment was that I wanted you to put some mumbo jumbo in there, jumbo in there about being profitable or whatever else.
1: Oh yeah. And, and you,
0: remember that. And, and you were like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to explain why you didn't. Cause I I just as a preface here, you know, I'm coming from uh, you know, kind of a corporate side of this, and I'm having to deal with some of the legalese and the presentations and you know how you present yourself is really important. So when I challenged you on that, give us a good idea as to why you didn't do that.
1: Yeah, um, that's interesting. I do remember that conversation now. Um and I gave it thought and I was like, well, the, the, in a nutshell, the reason that I, didn't, I did not want to put anything about profitability in there was actually that if you are fulfilling all three of those points, you will necessarily have to be profitable. And, um, and so in the way of like, well, if you are um, proclaiming Christ in your word, in your work, Yet you are going to have a very strong you're gonna have a, a stronger work ethic than anybody you're gonna you're gonna have the best work ethic possible um, and if you're fulfilling that then that will necessarily generate value you'll generate revenue and then in order for you to be able to provide kingdom focused employment um, and offer employment and build opportunities for for the church, you necessarily have to make profit and so I, I the the reason for it was really, about um i think that profitability like that is actually one of the fundamental paradigms of the the secular worldview of business is that it's about profit at the peak like no matter what you do you could do all this fun fancy stuff but at the end of the day it's about money and i want it to be at the end of the day it's about proclaiming christ um so so profitability is a natural, it's kind of like it's emergent from these things if you're doing them properly. And if you're not profitable, that means you're not fulfilling these ends and you're not doing, you're doing something wrong. And um, that's kind of in a nutshell is that I look at, I look at profitability or, you know, um, the, the money that you extract from uh, or any of that stuff is just emergent from serving the Lord and in your work and serving everybody in the community in a valuable way.
0: So the, the second thing I wanted to ask about is um, the discipleship element, because this was something that really piqued my interest. When you hire someone, the goal is to hire, because I know you were specifically talking about hiring some of the young men of your church and discipling them while you're working. Yeah. So I kind, of, kind of just dig into that a little bit, and then we'll, we'll have to backtrack into some of the exposition.
1: Yeah, um. So that's actually been really cool how that's developed. That's developed in a way that I haven't really, I didn't quite foresee, and I, I'm. It's really exciting. It, um, that was kind of the idea, right? Is to to bring to to get these guys. And part of this, and part of what I'm saying, is probably developed since then too. So I don't really. It's hard for me to de- to remember what I exactly what I thought then and now. Um, but I'll try to parse it out. But um, especially in the beginning, was like, hey, look, there, this, the world. Right after high school, the world's sitting there waiting to like ex- take the kids, take them, take the, take the young generation, take them and train them up in the ways uh, that they want them to. Whether it's corporate America, whether it's academia, whatever it is, there's very little Christian infrastructure to support a a man growing up. In in service of the Lord in, in a vocation and um, it's all kind of all right you're off on your own and you're just kind of like you know out there and hopefully it all works out but um, so that was one of the things was wanting to really teach these the, anybody that was willing to look we can actually we can actively proclaim we can serve the Lord in our work not just as a, like a as a byproduct but actually as in our work. Our work is actually unto the Lord, Colossians three twenty three twenty four. 23, 24, it, it, We are to we serve the Lord Christ with our work and wanting to 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 really get that to push that into the every part of like push that into every crevice of what we do. And that was kind of in the beginning and what it's turned into is really cool, because now we have. We just brought our so we have five guys. Let me see. One, two, Five. Yeah, we have five guys between seventeen and nineteen years old, and um, now and then we just was a, a, one of our one of our guys. He's twenty two. Just started on Friday, and we start every day with reading the word. We've been going through the Psalms. We're in Psalm fifty nine is our next Psalm that we're going to read, and 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 it and what it's done is it's really put a. Um, it's been really really good because with working with one another, like. In the day to day, seeing ups and downs, seeing the 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 little falls, and and not letting, and seeing the little victories, but not letting whether don't letting not letting um uh, sin go unnoticed, but then not uh, but then also not letting victories go un uh, unthanked to God, you know, like we have to every part is going to the Lord. And there's been so much already in this, like, you know, nine months that we've been doing this, there's been so much of that, of that fruit in seeing the fruit in these, in these young men's lives, like, grow. It's been really exciting. So that's kind of, it's been, and it's also turned into, you know, I'm, I'm, re- I realize like, it, it, it hit me, it, it made me feel weird in the beginning, but, like, people would ask if, um, if uh, my co-founder, if he's like, hey, is that your son? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And uh, he's, he's now 19, and I'm, I'm 36. And my wife is like, hey, you know, you, you're old enough to be his dad. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it hit me. God has really put that on my heart to realize, it, 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 to realize, like, I have a huge responsibility to these young men to, like, teach them. Mm-hmm. Not just working, but they're looking at, to me. I have, I have double their life experience. <laughs> so,
0: Well, you're um, operating as a kind of father to them anyways. That, that doesn't right. take away from their father, but um, there's nothing wrong with having other fathers and mentors in this kind of relationship. Uh, and it's really good for men, uh, boys, to get that relationship going with more than one person aside from their father.
1: Agreed. And and that's kind of emerged from I've, I've seen that that's been more of an emergent quality from this whole thing. That's been really fruitful and really awesome to see that God is really moving in ways I didn't really see um, and uh, that I didn't foresee, I should say. Mm. And that's that's been really it's been rewarding, but it also puts on it's like, oh, wow, it's time to it's it's there's no there's no waiting around like here i am here's the responsibility here it is you better you better you better lead these men in a godly way and that's been the weight that i feel and um i'm trying my best to to you know to to serve the lord in that so
2: so what kind of like um what industry is this business for for the listeners i don't think we've
1: mentioned that yet yeah Um, So, so We are in this, this business, so that's actually goes, kind of goes into the, the structure and the, um, the way that it's looked up. But um, we, are, we are just in like a subset of landscaping. So we focused on, on drainage in particular, uh, exterior drainage, uh, because that was something that I knew uh, from a business that I had before. And um, so what we do is we protect property, property um, from water damage um and but that's just the first one so really the the industry that we look at is home 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 r- uh repair maintenance home care home um uh, uh home improvement in general um and and the reason for that is that we look at any industry any business um anything that's done to improve the property or improve somebody's dwelling. Their home or their business or structure, whatever it is, in in real ways, is in it's actually valuable. It's actually building value to the community that we that we are a part of, and in that way, it's also tried and true. It's things that like, hey, water is always going to be a problem, at least in the south, in the southeast. Like we're you know we're in, we're in Charlotte, and uh, um, and so. It's always going to be a problem. It's always going to threaten property, so they'll always be there. We can always count on being able to help folks with that. Um, Anything that touches those, so yeah, long answer.
2: Okay, so and eventually, I mean, I I can see this thing. You know, I was just doing um doing some thought exercises in my head uh, about how much this could actually expand, and it could go all the way from like actually up to up to the point of new construction if you can get that kind of um um growth that that i think it has that type of potential of growth is what i'm trying to say so
1: yeah yeah and and that's the if the lord wills that's where it'll go and 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 so far that's what another thing that's cool like I, I when we started this this endeavor i had some resources and i had a runway of about a year i could buy all this stuff and say hey look i could buy this for a year and was just looking for somebody to help me build it and um the 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 guy, the guy that came and helped, uh, helped me to join as a co- my co-founder. I, I told him, like, look, we should be fully prepared for this to be just you and I for the next year. It's going to grow slow. We're going to have hard times, but I'm prepared to pay your salary for a year. I'm prepared, and if if we don't get a lick of business in a year, we're just going to have to call it quits, and I'm going to have to go get a job. <laughs> That's just how it's going to work. Um, and and we're really blessed to be in that position, but, um. What we have found so far is that what we had thought would be just us is now we're seven, and we we had a backlog of business of like two and a half months that we're starting to work through right now we're still working through, and we're already starting our new business uh, a next the next business um the next one uh, is going we're going from drainage we we're gonna be looking at um, uh, so the the expansion that we're kind of seeing like strategically is or you know just practically is anything has to be connected to the next industry. So if you're dealing with drainage outside the property, outside the house, you 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 have to the next expansion to another business has to be a um has to be a complementary business. And so in that way you're not like just starting up an entirely new operation and there's no um there's no kind of like back and forth. There's nothing that be, the other one company can help with the other is that each company is going to be like, pair, like uh, um, adjacent to the next in what it touches. So um, I had done a, I put together like a, a chart and basically from drainage, we could go to concrete or we could go to uh, gutters or we could go to um, siding or we could go to landscaping if we wanted to, or we could go to, irrigation systems but it had to be something that was you connected and then keep on going and so we're actually starting july 11th we've actually registered actually technically we've registered the business it's as of two days ago we register a second business and um we have somebody wants to it's going to be starting that um starting july 11th
0: nick when when uh when you and i have had i don't know a thousand conversations about this stuff right and um you and I have have gone back and forth about you know some uh, some specifics. The one thing that uh, we both thought was an interesting idea and that you've implemented is the idea that um, the business itself is not this isolated thing just running out there, but it is really a part of the church. And so what i what I want to do is I want to talk about uh, a little bit of the nerd boring stuff technicalities of this um, and from a from a contract standpoint you a, 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 the the constitution of your of your business let's say mm-hmm. uh, how that's integrated into the church and how that operates in terms of ownership and because uh, you had also talked to me about this idea of the business being able to split when you get so many people and somebody's mm-hmm. able to run it, it'll split apart. And that way you're never this big organization. You're a bunch of smaller organizations that are all tightly knit in the church community. So I know that's kind of a lot to talk about, but I think you kind of get where I'm going with that.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's good. Because that, that's that's exactly... You know, the. There's a number of things going through my head here, but like that, and it's and it has kind of evolved a bit—not not a whole lot—but I think it's become more clear as we're as we're moving along. But um, okay. something I didn't realize, like when uh, I didn't realize it was a Kuiperian mindset until, <laughs> until when I was doing it. But then it's like, oh, uh, I'm I'm doing things that uh, would be described as Kuyperian, uh, which is like looking at things as spheres and where they, yeah, um, that they are uh, understanding their appropriate. Uh, who they answer to appropriately and all that stuff. And everything is under everything. God is God of everything. right? Um, so, um, but one of the things, so let me, let me try to start with kind of where, how I, how I look at it is that like, well, contractually, the first thing we did was to, to, to cut at the heart of like the way that people look at work is that most people without knowing it have, have just given up the have uh, conceded to the fact that um, conceded to the uh, overstep of government to govern work, and uh, that that government is who you answer to when it comes to work and business, and it's not, it's the Lord, um, and 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 in that way, especially among believers, it's the church. If you have an issue, like it says, you don't go to court. Um, the Bible tells us, we don't go to court, we don't drag each other to court, we go to the elders. If we have a dispute with one another, we're not allowed to go to the uh, pagan courts. Um, We have to bring it to the elders. So in our contracts, we actually have it where um, under no circumstances, I mean, right in the business, if there's a dispute that we can't resolve, we we actually have, um, it's our church and our elders have agreed to do it, Um, but if there's a dispute that we can't resolve among ourselves, we bring it to the elders of our church and they will appoint and they will we will accept binding arbitration or binding counsel from them on whatever the, the based on the whole thing. And um, obviously, you know, if there's there's things that can go past that, but it'll it can escalate to the point of church discipline if the elders see fit. Um, and, and that's it like we bow, we we kind of we bring we submit to the authority of the the local church in that regard, and that's a big one because we're not talking about lawyers and this and all that stuff it's we have to treat or we have to be we have to treat each other honorably and we 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 submit to our submit to every part of the scriptures
0: um so and and the people one. who are guiding your souls will also help you if you have a dispute in your business i mean that's to me that was the real click when we had this conversation was that you yeah. know this this is the man that you submit your family to mm-hmm. to, to learn under you know uh, you know during during uh you know Sunday morning worship or uh, during any of the meetings that we have. These are the people that you you trust to teach your children to teach you to teach your wife in this setting um, and so it would be only natural if you have a dispute amongst believers the you know i think that's a first corinthians thing where you know go to the elders of the church because if you can't decide among yourselves how are you supposed to rule the world
1: right yeah right. yeah he stole my coat you got to go to the court
0: no it's like
1: <laughs> no it's a, it's a sin issue and yeah the guys who yeah exactly the, the shepherds that god has appointed are there to help that's a good well, point
2: this also very implicitly um you know, it, it's drawing off the the whole distinction between the civil and judicial matters. Civil matters can still be handled by the church, but judicial matters can't. Type thing, but most of the time, the church has abrogated their responsibility for the civil matters, so now the state has to get involved. Um, kind, of, kind of to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole of what I'm talking about. Uh, Marriage is used to strictly between be between the church, but since now. We no longer have official, um, uh, I guess you would call them, a state church. Now we have to have marriages recognized by the government, and now divorces and everything within that marriage goes through the state, the you know the new scare quote, state church, aka the court system, and they're totally leaving your local body, at, local local body out. Of course, most people don't even have elders to submit to, but uh, anyways. It's just yeah. kind of like a recentering of what we should be doing as Christians.
1: Amen. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to look at that. Um, yeah, it, it, I think it's all jumbled up. It's all jumbled up in a in a big way. Um, you know, like one uh, another thing to that point, like you know, like not submitting, like understanding who is who's properly in charge of certain certain things. Like, right, civ- the church is in charge of the civil matters in in their um uh in charge of. Guiding and directing sin issues and, and uh, you know, spiritual matters and, and also civil matters in, in many ways and not recognize like those things have been completely all those walls have been completely dissolved and it's all just a big soup of stuff. And the church in a lot of ways has just uh, retreated to a um, a pietism where it's like, oh, you know, we'll just, you know, it's your conscience and just, just leave everything else to the world. um So, yeah we're just trying to bring it all back as much as we can to serving the lord and putting everything in their proper submitting to the proper authorities and actually taking taking assumed authority away from those who have assumed it improperly.
0: Okay. Um you got anything Travis? Uh yeah. no. Okay. I all right. Uh, my... there... Well,
1: if we're still, um, oh, I didn't know if I. There was one more thing about the uh, the structure. I think you mentioned it. I'm kind of getting jumbled here in my head, but in that last question, did you uh, did you you mentioned something about there being a uh, splitting off of the companies if they get too big or whatever, right?
0: Yes, I did ask that. Okay, cool.
1: Um, so in that to that point, we've actually um, so one of the points of our the way we're building these companies is that. There's a an accountability to that chief end that I mentioned in a number of things, like things like each member, each person has to be is required to um, to maintain uh, uh, membership and good standing in a Bible believing church and a Christian church. And, and we look at that pretty broadly, like if it doesn't keep you out of if it doesn't keep you out of uh, heaven, it's not going to keep you out of our company um, and. And then we we also we ask for a referral from their elders um, if they're not at at, a, at our church for instance. So we you know we we actually reach out to their elders and we ask them, hey, are they a, ch- a member in good standing and all that stuff. So that's that's kind of unique. And then but that plays to uh, when we're we're modeling the splitting off of like getting instead of getting giant this giant behemoth. Um, there's a there's a couple benefits to it. It's the model is actually kind of out of the, after after the the Baptist model of church uh, of the autonomous local body essentially is and in, in I see a lot of benefit in that in the way that God has done even fashion denominations and the way that you know there's this Presbyterian and there's Baptists and there's even factions and Baptists. Um, there's a function in that that it's almost acts like a firewall. It prevents you know if there's a downfall in sin in one. It prevents the entire thing from coming down in one just giant um, collapse. It's a, you know, if if it's separated because as as communication becomes more difficult, too many people, if it just branches off like a Baptist church would do, uh, you know, right, like hey, let's just found another church over here, and then they, they're their own autonomous body that that is a subject to the to to God. Um, uh, in that way, kind of creating these. Uh, these backstops against like a cascade of sin or a cascade of of disaster down the road. Um, so that's that's one of the ways, just kind of modeling it after the church and taking the wisdom from that. Um, that's been one of the, the, the ways that um, we've kind of built it into how we would do. So rather than creating a division of a company that would do something else, we just create another company and put its own ownership over it and everything.
2: So, so quick question. Um, I, I don't. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know the answer to that, that's fine. We can edit this out. But um, all right. So if we're if we're going to constantly split like that and and create different, you know, pockets ev- or new companies everywhere, you know, we're just going to sit there and spread out like the Baptist model. Um, how is? Th- wouldn't that because they're all autonomous give them less institutional power than say if they were all like franchises or something like that? Like, um, kind of have it like, this is how we want the company to operate. You can go start one and you, you, it could be a cheap franchise. You know what I'm saying? Like a couple hundred dollars to get the name and then you go start your own, but then you still, they're still accountable to like the overall franchise er. Mm-hmm. That's the correct terminology, but that way you can make sure like you can build this, this think of it more like an empire, not, not, no, not even an empire, a kingdom. All right. So, the you know, like you're sitting right now, you're the head of your kingdom. And then you have these lords out there that are franchisees managing what is now technically yours, but it's theirs. Like they own it, but they're stewarding it for you because you're the franchisor. Does
0: that yeah. make sense?
2: It uh, does make I, sense. I didn't know if you would thought about something like that. That way, there's actually a larger institution backing it. And once it starts getting power like you know when i say when I say power, I'm using that very loosely uh mm-hmm. when they start getting influence within the community or something like that, then they will have you know the they would they would have already backing behind it they're just not some uh small one owner company Does that makes sense.
1: It does make a lot of sense, and, and our answer to that, so we have thought through that, um, and there's a couple, and we're still thinking through it, but actually our, our initial answer to that, our initial way of keeping, first of all, we want to keep, it's not completely autonomous, so it's a little different, right? So we want to make sure everybody um, in our model, again, if the Lord wills, he'll bless it and it'll work out, but in our model, the, um, the chief end that I stated earlier um, as well as a number of other points and, like, more detailed things in our partnership agreement, um, will apply necessarily to every new business exactly the same. So every single business will have to have the same exact uh, chief end and, and partnership agreement so they were are all being held to the same standard. And um, the, the way that we connect them and keep the accountability is we do at the genesis of each company, we do an equity swap. Um, so while the franchise model is actually something I've thought about a lot, because that may come to, come into, that come into play like later, if 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 God blesses to the point where, you know, there there are brothers and you know, across the country that want to do something and want need help with it, you know, it may not make sense for us to just do you know build a business. it would rather just maybe franchise something. But the way we're doing it is that um, each company has an equity swap at its genesis with the company before it. So the the parent company, the first company that we did. It has a larger value now. has a lot more resources invested in it. We have more revenue right now, and then at the beginning of our next company, which we just we literally are in the middle of happening right now, we we swap equity for like value. So let's just say, you know company one's worth three hundred thousand dollars now, and then let's say, um, company the new company we're creating um, is worth sixty thousand dollars or so because that's how much that's what the resources it's going to take to get it rolling. Then what we'll do is we'll say, okay, so um, whatever that number is, uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the math now, but let's just I'm going to throw numbers out for so I don't do math. Let's say the first company will give the first uh, the second company three um, uh, percent equity, and in and in, in, in exchange, or let's say five percent equity, right? And in exchange, company two uh, company two will give the first company uh, fifteen or twenty percent equity. And that happens. So now that there is a basically the first company has a shareholder a shareholder position in the second one, and it can hold each other accountable to it. So now the you know there's that, and then it keeps on going. So the next company would do the same thing with each other, and in that way, all these companies will be connected, and they'll be they'll have an interest with one another to actually help and serve each other because they'll actually profit when other ones profit, and then um, it also acts as a way to keep each other accountable. There's a company doing something fishy or there's somebody doing something that they shouldn't do, which is, will happen eventually. Um, there's, there is license and authority for this council, essentially council of companies to say, no, you can't do that because we have an interest in this. Um, so that's kind of our answer to it so far, locally, at least it, it'll may change when we go broader, if that happens.
2: Kind of a uh, kind of sounds co-op ish. In a sense,
1: yeah, okay. I, I haven't looked at that, so like when you say co op what do you mean?
2: Well, um, so, so a co op, so I'm thinking of two particular co ops close to me. It's like everybody has a, um, like people of the community, like the farmers would have a stake within the uh, the co op itself, like they would farm. So, say if they're, they're farming like um, uh, something like corn for feed, well, mm-hmm. their corn would be shipped to a co op uh, feed mill. And then it would be processed there. Then it would only be sold at the co-op. And then the farmers that are in the co-op get a discount. But it, it, it's kind of like where everybody has a piece of ownership in it. Yeah. But no one owns anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on a Huey long kick right now. So it's, you know, every man a king, but nobody wears the crown. So everybody is technically the owner of this, but they're not, no one's, there's someone in charge, but no one's actually in charge. If that makes sense.
1: Like everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So there is, there's a bit of that, but we do have some, we do have, we've had actually recently as we, as that's kind of distributing more, we realize not having somebody in charge or having everybody in charge can turn out pretty disastrous. Um, because there, there are some people that are really great at working and doing things, but they're not good at, they, they, they're not ready for authority or like being able to, to lead a company yet. You know, that may happen down the road. So we've, we've created, um, our answer to that was a, a board of directors, which will be, they're all shareholders, but in each company, there'll be an appointed board of directors. And, um, and then that can be added to, but it's going to be, it's kind of like the elder deacon, it, the, the, the equity from the Bible from it is like looking at the elder deacon model and saying, Hey, you know, you know, there's elders deacons and the, the, elders are the rule it's elder rule essentially. Um So that's kind of, It almost sounds irreverent when we're applying it to business, but that's kind of the model.
2: Well, I mean, I think these principles apply all over. I mean, hierarchy is is found within the creation order, so it would only make sense that you know Christ founds his church based on a hierarchy, and I think it's just wisdom to found a business based upon that hierarchy. I mean, we we can see that with with the uh, the big you know global homo companies, you know, like Fortune 500s, they still have their own elders they just worship right. at the at the altar of Wall Street. Uh, yep. wh- whereas, you know, y'all are taking biblical examples and not being slaves to us. anyways. Not going to go
1: down that rabbit hole. <laughs> 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 no, that's good. No, that that's right.
0: Right. Every hierarchy happens everywhere. So, um one of the one of the things that uh was I really liked about this as well is that you're including uh, anybody who comes and works for you as part owner. Yeah. And so they actually have a stake in the business. It's not just, hey, I'm going to go make a paycheck. It's, I'm personally invested in making sure that this company is profitable. Um, but it, is, is there anything that you could really expound upon that, or is it just straight, like, is that is that the limits of that? Uh, I, I guess let, let me backtrack that a little bit. A better question is, how have you seen that affect the people who come and work with you?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helps me um, with that. And so that's been. I'll, uh, I'll 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 meander a little bit here, but mm. that I believe is exactly the to what you said. Like it's what you said earlier is. Um, it is to have their we want to give equity to anybody who helps build the business so that they are personally invested in it and not just looking at a paycheck, because I think that that is it. That is very important. And I think that's um that's part of like why you want you want somebody you would prefer a homeowner. If you, there's a house for sale next to you, you prefer you would prefer somebody buy it. Then you would prefer somebody buy it and rent it out. But you want someone to buy it and live in it, than somebody to buy it and rent it out because the people who are going to be living there are personally invested in it. Right. If, and that's kind of the idea is, and and that, that has been the effect that we've seen um, where it's like, Hey, you know, this is, you own a substantial part of this company and this is your company, right? If you make this bad decision, that hurts you as well as it hurts me. And, and, and teaching this, it's 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 been interesting to see how it goes with younger guys especially they don't have this other experience um and so the kind of a it's still kind of teaching them what that means and everything and that's been really fun um but that has been that's been the case it's where it was like hey i this is mine like i'm on this excavator right and this excavator if i if i roll this excavator it's not like i just roll this excavator and just walk away from it and whatever you know it's that 20 you know 20% of that excavator belongs to me.
2: <laughs> right.
1: And it's going to that's that's profit right there, you know? And so um that has a huge impact and I think that the, the training of that is kind of teaching it's a training wheels for understanding ownership in your community in your local community rather than just you know looking at everything like a transaction and a job and a thing that's separate from you. It's you are connected, and you are you are incorporated into the thing you're working on.
2: It also promotes the idea. Of, I mean, okay, so we in the West, especially in America, have a really big problem with common property. Uh, but our ancient fathers had it, you know, way before then. You know, it's a very Anglo idea to have have uh common property. You know, there there's the commons, and we're called to increase the commons. We're in this, you know, instead of Everybody owning, having rights to this particular piece of property, this land, now it's instead it's an excavator. So say, you know, one of your employees that's a part owner has a hunting club. He can go take the excavator out on a weekend and actually use something with it on, you know, when he's when it's not being used for the business. And um, it would give him more because I'm sure everybody here has been on job sites where um, nobody owned uh, the excavator. So the oil was never changed. Um, uh, maintenance was never done on it. People were yep. doing retarded stuff with it. I've and, seen um, uh,
0: fifty thousand dollar engines get blown out because a air filter was not changed on the engine. Nice. Uh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he didn't own the part of that, right? Yep. Nope. The owner wasn't making that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people make different decisions, right? You think about that right there. If you owned a 50, if you had to pay the $50,000 bill, you're going to make a different decision about changing that oil or that filter. Oh yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and practically that's, that's the practical uh, effect of it. Um,
0: yeah. So uh, you, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I'm kind of, you know, I'm really rough on my kids sometimes uh, depending on the context. Um, you know the, the the thing i've never shied away from you know especially as as my oldest is getting older uh has been shouldering him with responsibility in 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 the home and with doing certain things um and it seems that with with him and he's only you know 7 but with him if you give him that backing if you give him a stake in the game and you say, look, man, you're getting real power here. Don't abuse it. Because the people who are under you are going to hate you if you do. Mm-hmm. And in this context, it's his siblings, right? Yeah. Um, But in your context, it's this guy's working with other people, and he's got the stake in the game. So not only does he hurt himself, he hurts the whole community of brothers that he's working with. Yep. Yeah. How has that... Um. Really, has that encouraged the, the 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 kids to kind of step up and really really show out? I mean, has that had a a bolstering effect? Have you seen any of the kids like buckle from that or um? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not Are asking you, mean... you to call anybody out. Just uh, the general when say
1: kids. Go ahead, sorry.
0: Well, I'm saying kids. I mean, they're they're you know 18. You know
1: right i was wondering if you're talking about my kids or or them so that's a well the
0: the the guy's working with you the the younger boys working working with you i guess i should say young men young men working with you
1: yeah no that's that's a good question because that, that that we actually just had something pretty recently pop up where i think a little bit of that was at play and there's these little power struggles right um and if people don't really realize they do it and and um and I think what it was, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of a natural, natural, a natural tendency of fallen man is to just to 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 be inconsiderate, right? <laughs> to just, to, you know, think about himself. That's what, thanks, Adam. Hashtag thanks, Adam. That's what I, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> um, is the, so, yeah. That has been something, and we've gotten to. We actually had a sit down where there there was something there was something like that happening where. There was somebody that was maybe um, maybe didn't realize it, but was exerting an authority uh, in a in an improper way, um, and maybe out of step too. It was maybe just a little bit out of step than where they actually were, and we got to openly um, talk about that. In in we we got to address it biblically and look at the examples given to us by the apostles, and more importantly, Christ as servant leadership, and showing what responsibility is. It's like, hey. If you have a responsibility, um, that means that you are the one that is going to make sure that has to happen. And if you don't, then um, you have literally said no to your responsibility. And trying to work that into what we, you know, serving each other. So what that that turns out to be, instead of it being like telling somebody to do something, it's like, hey, how can I help you? Let Let me come and help you. Let me serve you. Hey, do you need that? Let me go get that shovel for you. Let me go do this, like serving each other. Um, and in that way, it's like this emergent quality. Um, in, in like what you said earlier, if you abuse your power, the people you're trying to lead will hate you. But inversely, on the opposite side of that, if you serve the people you're, you're leading, they will love you. And, and that's what you see in the, in the Bible. And that's what we get to see from the apostles. Um, they, they didn't lord it over anybody. Um, they 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 served to uh, to the very end in, in Christ washing the, the feet of his disciples, um, and and that's been something that we've had to actually focus more fo more importantly in the last just couple weeks. Um, but that's been it's been a good thing.
0: So all this uh, so all this kind of coalesces into this idea where. You have older men training the younger men. How does that work generationally? Uh I know you and I we have very similar views of family and um we really appreciate and love having uh our kids interact with their grand, grandfathers and grandmothers and cousins. Um in this kind of an environment, uh the, the, the way in which I see this going is you have multiple generations of men working together and really encouraging one another spiritually as well as professionally. So how would you kind of see that uh, developing in, in the situation? I know you're talking about you, you get to sit somebody down and counsel them in in somewhere where they've, they've erred, but I'm just talking generally speaking.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's been, I'll tell you that, you know, some of our, um, you and I, Lucas, have have talked about like you've been, have been a been a big impact on me about thinking about family differently and trying to and understanding, um, how important uh, some of these tradition is and and like how how thoroughly the Enlightenment uh, period has really it has it has just gone into every aspect of the way we think here. And so I've been a lot of like just trying to um part of this was just trying to to undo a lot of that and to explore um and take back the things that were of that have been lost at least for me um because i am i'm the product of a lot of um of, of a of a um a truncated uh, family line where i'm not really connected to all my all my relatives and stuff like that but i see the value in it and seeing biblically the value in the way that god created this um created us and and so that was one of the things going into it why we, you know, we want to teach our families to work with each other and for each other was that I realized that I was working in this company, making good money and doing cool things new things, but I'd go to work and I'd go do my work, and my kids had really no little to no opportunity to really fully understand what I was doing or interact with it in any way and I realized like I could do this for you know sixty years. You know, let's just say I made a hundred million dollars, whatever it is, um, and it wouldn't matter because it would just be money, and my family would just go on in on that track. My family would just go up, and you know, they would. My kids would go to school or be taught by somebody else and just become something else. I would have no impact on, and and so when we started this, that was really part of it. Try to integrate the kids into it, and that's actually been kind of a challenge um, with the startup of a business. Because there's so many things that go on, and it's moving so fast, and the kids have school and all that stuff. But we've been working at it, and and one of the the, the really the big things that have emerged from this is seeing seeing the gaps, like with these young men, um, you know, as we're going and, and seeing the gaps that um, that have been left there. That you know, these guys are you know 17, 19 years old, college age. These are this is their age when they're either like they leave home. And seeing all these gaps, like where there's these things that they weren't taught. And it's not anything necessarily specifically bad about their parents or anything like that. It's just like things that nobody really thought about. And it's really put a fire in me to realize like, wait, my kids have these same gaps because I haven't thought about this stuff. And so I'm seeing what would happen with some of these guys like, hey, wait, that's what would that's what would happen if I don't teach my kids now. And it's been it's basically it's been very fruitful in the in the in the regard of um i'm basically seeing myself like kind of like guy i'm i'm leading i'm it's like i i'm looking at my kids fast forwarding like eight years if I just take my kids and add eight years to them here they are, and I have the privilege of like interacting with them and realizing wait a second, oh wait I really need to It's this whole everything needs to be attached to each other. So now, what we do, everybody benefits from seeing. Like I'm benefiting from seeing the younger generation, the one in between me and my kids, and it's it's really helpful um, because I'm seeing you know generational trends. I'm seeing um, some of the gaps that I could see. Like oh wait, I need to teach my kids this because these guys don't know this. Why don't they know this? I need to teach my kids this. And and then so um, we do things like you know when we do Bible study in the morning every morning. Um, It's here at, it's at my house and we're on the porch and we all are there together. But my kids, my son's come out. Um, My daughter, if she's awake at the time, she's a late sleeper. Um, So um, we come out and we, we interact and they get to see that. And um, we're giving more and more responsibility to our older kids to, to serve um, like whether it be making Gatorade for the guys. Um, That's, that's actually my oldest son's responsibility now is, he has to make sure the Gatorade's full and cold and clean and everything and make sure it's on the, it's ready to go. Um, And, and serving these guys and seeing them interact with that. And just uh, seeing that there's already fruit. It's like, I feel like I'm rambling here. Sorry. Uh, But
0: no, this is good stuff. I'm letting you, I'm letting you take it out. Cause uh, I keep going.
1: Cool. Um, Well, I mean, just like you see like a little kid when you, when you have a young kid and you, so you have your first kid. And you have your first child and, you know, you're super protective and all this stuff. And, you know, they, they learn based on you. Right. But then you have your second kid and then, you know, whatever privileges you thought you were going to wait, let's say we're, we're going to wait till you're 10 years old or five years old before our kid can do that. Well, there ain't no way you're going to get to five years old before your kid can, your second kid could do that. It's going to be like you know, three years old that your, your second kid's going to be doing that same thing. And then each kid learns faster from the next. We have five children and my five-year-old, is wild but he is way more (laughs) well (laughs) he's learned all the dark ways uh he's learned it all but he learns at such a younger age and he's exposed to it and it's actually going to help him to interact with things um if you put it in its proper context right if you actually train it and you redeem it and we're seeing that right now with Interacting with this middle generation, these guys that are 17 and 19. These are like older brothers to my my kids. It's cool. They come out like, hey, we we actually we're in it's like we're a family. We are a family. We're all in Christ. So it, it's helped me to realize that there is a lot of there's so much that we're actually missing by not being exposed to all the different generations at once. Like, you know, the ones above, you, know, the older ones above you and the, the ones all in between. There's a lot of fruit to be harvested just by being with each other. And um, and work is naturally the the way that you can spend the most time with each other and help each other because it's hard and you have to do it.
2: So this kind of goes into my critique about, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I'm anti homeschool is because no other time in society do you take these kids or take anybody and seclude them, segregate them off, you know, completely pull them out of their tribe wherever they are happen to grow up, stick them in a classroom with only people their own age, like we're only segregating based upon age. <clears throat> and then we're 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 you know told that they need to go to school so they can get socialized but then school's not for socialization. Did you mean public school
0: or homeschool? Public school, public school. You said homeschool. I was, I was about, I about say to say home Yeah. I, say home I was about I to know. say, wait, what? He completely <laughs> flipped his position. What? <laughs> I was like, I hate homeschool. Did you <laughs> did you change last night or what? <laughs>
2: oh, my bad. In, anyways, public school, all uh, right. We, we segregate based upon age. We're completely pulling out people from, you know, think about it. No other place in life are we, are we, do we have to deal with people that we downright just don't like? In school, you're told you're supposed to get along, but well, when I'm an adult, I just don't go around that person, right? I'm only around people <laughs> I actually like. Um, but uh, that, that's neither here nor there. But um, at least with, with something like this, they can both be homeschooled and see the real world versus just being all the time segregated. I mean cuz back when like I'm not too many generations removed from you know my dad going into the you know literally my dad would not be in school he would be going out to the field to work with his alongside of his dad. And yep. um kids today just they they're just not used to that. I mean they they completely divorced from
1: anything else. Um but I'm rambling now. Yeah, no, that, that's actually that's good. I'm sorry. I'll, um, that's a lot of that. Um, when you look in the, when you look at the scriptures and you see the interactions, and you, the only real interactions we see with um uh, the biggest interactions we see with uh, dads and their sons mm-hmm. is in the Old Testament. Um, and and a lot of that is is in the context of work and taking care of everything. They they are together. Like the son is the shepherd. And he's going and taking care of things. It's like, and, and it's part of that. He has ownership because it's his house. It's his, it's his parent. It's his, it's his family. He, if, if, these, if these animals die, we ain't eating. You know, like that's, that's right. really ownership. And seeing that was like, that. that's a good thing. And that wasn't, that wasn't said it was a bad thing. And, um, you know, when, it, it, it work is a good thing. And it's good to do it together, but there's no mechanisms. Like, you know, like what you're saying with public school, they The mechanisms have been removed uh, for interacting with your kids through work.
0: Uh, so if y'all bear with me with just one minute, uh, the last episode of Man Rampant, if you haven't watched that, Nick, you would really appreciate I did. it. You did? Okay, saw it yesterday. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get to it. Who was the guy? Alan Carlson. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yesterday, I've, I watched the episode of man ramp rampant with Alan Carlson and you know, the, the, the ad, the preview for it that was put out on, on, uh, social media was, uh, him, Alan, uh, basically saying, you know, well, you know, people say that makes me a little bit of a Marxist. Uh, I guess I kind of am <laughs> yep. just to get people a little triggered and get interesting into the conversation. But, uh, <laughs> Um, You know, the main thing that he talked about was that uh, divorce and the separation of generations is actually really beneficial in the kind of economic system that we have. Uh, This economic system thrives on the isolation of the individual. And we're talking about the integration of family here. um, Mm -hmm. And our, our entire society, our entire economic system... The way that we, as a, as a, quote unquote, nation, operate, is is really antithetical to the stuff that you and I want to see happen. So, uh, I guess where I'm going with this question is, how do you see this impacting in the future? Uh, I know you you know that I'm I'm post mill and I'm I'm always talking about you know hashtag that post mill. Uh, I'm pretty sure I irritated all of our buddies up in North Carolina about it. Um. <laughs> Uh, I know I did the pastor a little bit <laughs> he's positive 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 mill? yeah anything? yeah well i always i always called him pessimistic post mill and yeah. uh, <laughs> uh but uh just just how do you see this going going forward? where do you see this going, just with this short stretch and and the the way things are integrated? how do you see this going forward uh practically
1: yeah I, I really there's a lot of things I hope it to be. And what I where I see it go um is basically redeeming the economy, uh like not not talking about it or you know, not necessarily having to talk about it and convince other people to do it except those who are working with us, but naturally building out um a Christ-centered, Christ-honoring economy, um and and businesses that naturally um, that naturally give uh a proper place to um to, to to look at families like that guy uh forget his name, but yeah that that comment where there wasn't a there's not a place in the economy for families like look at look at everybody, everybody in the company has is a family like every man working represents a family and in in shining that light through trade to Everybody in the community and what, how I look at it, how I, I view it is practically down the road, um, offering, keeping, being able to have uh, Christ honored through uh, multiple trades so that um, the, the world gets to interact with Christians um, directly or overtly Christians uh, in, a, um, in a Christ honoring way. Uh, in a way that's not preachy, right? It's through trade. They get to see it displayed. They get to see it through honesty when things go wrong. Um, so honoring Christ in that. And then uh, teaching our kids to do the same and teaching that reflex to like, practically what this will do is when, if you teach the reflex to start these businesses and to do build these businesses and able to do this, and, and you just keep your children and you keep the community um, focused on Christ, for an extended period of time, it it will change the way that people interact with the communities and and the communities interact with them and and the church. And so hopefully um, what I I would like to see it do is to keep families uh, the center of society. No, the keep is start to bring the center of society to church, um, but with families being the building blocks of that and looking at families as being not just like individuals that go off into the world, like little atoms that float off and get to serve, you know, whoever out somewhere else, just like you said, like the economy right now, um, they, they thrive, it thrives on, on individualism, but, uh, just creating this, this, uh, this mesh, this foundation, um, this practical foundation where people can, they don't have to buy into that. It's not like a, I'm either facing, you know, I'm going to be impoverished or I go to college. You know, I don't want, it doesn't need to be that way. Um, If somebody, you know, we can do that from within each community is, I feel like I'm rambling here, but that that's kind of the idea is that if, if this works, if God continues to bless us and this grows, um, the, the church will be heavily interactive with the community as, as such, or as, as not necessarily the church as Christians. Like the, the, when I say the church, I mean, just the lowercase, lowercase C, um, Christians will interact with the, the world as Christians so that right. it's like, Hey, those Christians are that those Christians are the foundation of our community. They are doing such a good thing. And it is a good thing because that's, this is how God made us. So we know it's good. We don't need it and so if we just do it, it'll be good, right and that, that's that's what I, um, it's really kind of I think it's a what I'm saying is kind of vague, but uh, that's that's where I see it going. Generally. Well it's
0: you're, you're speaking to the heart of the issue and not the technical aspects of the issue, which is I mean I, that's why I was letting you keep going because I mean you're really fleshing out uh, where you're coming from, uh, and this is not just an intellectual exercise for you. this is not just a practical. Exercise for you this is a very serious spiritual exercise for you. this is you practicing that which you believe Christ has intended for us to do um and so i yeah. i i i like i like all of what you just said a lot <laughs> um, God. uh Travis, do you have anything Oh
1: he's on mute. I forgot to unmute. My bad. <laughs>
2: um, um. Anyways, pushing it just a little bit further past the, um, you know, just the bu- business building aspect of it to put to the entire community is that everyone will be interacting with with Christians, or preferably, a lot of people will be interacting with Christians. However, when we pull their money in, I've, I've talked about this previously on some other podcasts, we start to become Neo-Amish with our money, and we try to only trade within our specific circles when we, when we can. And that way we enrich ourselves. And um, and then you know, it, it's just, it's the same thing the Amish do. It's the same thing the Mennonite do. They, 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 they live more simply. I think a lot of Christians need to learn to live more simply and uh, when you do interact with with the um, engage in trade and commerce you try to um, only do it with your own people whoever however you define that i mean whether it be you know an entire state or an entire region that you trade with um but anyways i'm no
1: no that's that's i know there's that reflex and i actually want to guard against that reflex that's something that um, when I was first talking about this and talk, telling some guys about this, um, uh, Lucas included, you, you were, I think, Lucas, you're at this one conversation when this happened, was uh, someone said, yeah, you know, people have tried monasticism before and, you know, kept on, just assumed it as monastic. And I'm like, wait, no, it, the, the important part, and this is really important, is looking at trade, fund, I, this is how I look at it, is trade is it's like one of the most universal languages uh, of, of humankind. Um, it, it's like if you were to go into any, um, almost any, uh, even time in history, human history, any place, and you gave somebody a piece of gold or something, I'm just going to say gold, you know, they don't know who you are. You can't, you don't even know what's happening. But if you went and said you pointed at something and you offered them something of value, they would understand. Oh, you want to trade? Now you have a relationship, and that's the that's the the crux for, for me is where interacting with the society at its very most it, 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 at a point of need is through trade. So never like actively guarding against that that reflex because I I I do want to I don't want to I we give favor to Christians right? We, this is what we we are going to do. We're going to give. Uh, we're going to be. Um, we don't want to deal with Christians, but specifically serving the world in the name of Christ, like showing them, look, this is what it looks like and being always looking at it as that. That's um, that's something we'll have to like develop more as we go, but guarding against that whole like Neo-Amish or that Amish reflex, because um, there's actually there's a group here um, that has done something like that in Charlotte that um, they uh They've done something to that effect, and and, it, and they just basically went in onto themselves, and you know built these businesses and rich themselves. But yeah, they don't interact with the community.
0: So,
2: so w- 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 hold on, one second. Yeah. Um, so, so kind of what I'm going with that is, is like when when I say you start enriching yourselves, I'm not saying that you become so tight knit that you're not trading with outside outsiders. The Amish mm-hmm. still do that. Uh, I'm not saying go completely the way the Amish are going, but what I'm saying is instead of, you know, your families don't buy the grocery stores from Walmart, or you buy the groceries from Walmart anymore. They go to the local grocer now. Yes, it's going to be more expensive, but you're enriching your community. Um, Yeah. And even if, you you know, um, people in your church could own a grocery store or something like that, then I think that would, you know, that would be better because in U.S. you would be, you would be increasing this endeavor, but you would be in- trading with the outside world a lot more. So that's that's.
0: Yeah, of, I was about you know, to yeah. say, it, it, there's a little bit of talking past one another there because I, I know where you're coming from, Nick. Because you're you're trying to use economic, you're trying to do a little bit of economic jujitsu to get the word of God in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, and it's it's a it's a tactic a, a tactic of engaging the world because our our current culture just cares about money, essentially. Highly mercenary. And so if you can insert the gospel into that mercenary aspect, it's just being wise with how you interact with the community. Um and then with you know, with Travis is saying is, you know, and, and, and I know where he's coming from is more it's more directed about making sure your local community is enriched instead of you taking all of your efforts and enriching people outside of your community.
1: Yeah. Uh, it makes that makes sense. It was it, exactly that's like a it's like the localism thing but bringing it to the church. So yes I, I get it. Yeah. But,
0: right. yeah. Um, yeah. So that I I I like all of this. This has been great. Uh we are at an hour and 8 minutes. I don't know where else we could go with this, but I don't have anything else. You guys I don't know if you guys have anything else.
2: No, I'm good actually.
1: Cool. Well, it's been, um, it's been good. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Lucas. It's been a yeah, w- long time. Um, and nice to meet you, Travis. Um, mm-hmm. thank you for having me. I, I feel like I've there's, there's, you know, anything like this, um, there's so much to talk about, but I appreciate it's, it's good to be encouraged by by brothers in the Lord and, um, yeah.
0: Well, so I guess I'll end it on this, um, you know, number one, I'm really happy that you did this. Um, I was really excited about the idea, and as we've talked sparsely over the last few months, I know you've had some some growth, but I'm really encouraged to hear how things have kind of blown up uh, in our conversations elsewhere. We kind of talked about all the guys that were working with you, and that was, it's really good what you're doing, man, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing. this. is a This is a blessing to hear about much less it would be a blessing if, if this idea could expand. Um, so uh, we, we, I wanted this because it's a good, practical, nuts-and-bolts way of doing the things that we on this podcast want to do, Travis and I. We, we, ad, we, we advocate for this, um, and we are trying to be solution bringers, not just sit on the Internet and complain about things. Uh, and mm-hmm. so when you see something that works you want to bring spotlight to that and so i really really happy you 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 would do this is there anything you would want to close on nick
1: yeah um thank you yeah i i would i would just say that when um if anybody's thinking about that this is encouraging to anybody um what we're doing is like, to to if there if you want to possibly try to do it yourself is it, it's very scary it's good. it's scary for people that are even um that are even experienced with it. So don't be don't let the scary uh stop you from doing it. And um you start out with why. What do you want the end of your work to be? And and don't start about don't think about the business or whatever that may be first start out with what do you want the end of your business to achieve? And 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 write that out and start from there and see how you can uh, you can um you can make it happen from there. So it's like a first principles look at it. And um, and then if you're looking at businesses uh, in your community, how you could start, uh, you know, if you wanted to do something like this, um, saturation is good. It's good to see what businesses, there's a lot of specific type of business. It's probably a good business to be in, even though that seems um, uh, counterintuitive. But yeah, it, be encouraged. It's scary for even the most experienced folks.
0: Hey y'all, thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it. And check out our G.A.B. page at Dixie Polis Podcast. If you want to contact us, please send an email to Polis at ProtonMail.com or send us a message on G.A.B. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to their website at SouthernRaisedBlueGrass.com God bless y'all. I know dark clouds
1: will gather round me, I know my way is rough and
0: steep, but beauty is fear.